Hello, this is episode 305 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Riley. So I wasn't really sure what I was going to record a podcast on this week, and yet again, being Patty's week, I was kind of like, maybe I'll recharge and take some time out. And an article landed in my feed on the Nordic way to stop bullying. And bullying seems like a really good thing to talk about right now, given the state of the world. And one of the aspects that I kind of loved in this article, and it's sort of, well, maybe about time we finally got here. And that is the idea that bullying is expected, that it's character building. And I've gone on about this for years. Like, the sort of situations that I've met in with students, and I've described much of my work as sort of traveling back through your worst moments of your own life and hoping for a better result. Because I was bullied horrendously and it was, it took place from as young as Montessori school and went right the way through till I finished my doctorate. And even when I went back to work in an academic environment, as a, you know, in an administration capacity in a university, it was still present. It never stopped. It goes hand in hand with education. And there's this idea that it's expected and that somehow it's, it's good for people and it's forming instead of actually the world is just really filled with really horrible, insecure people and we just keep acting out the same scenarios. And the fact that the people who were bullying are quite simply just not in their core. And so I began to realise that this was quite a fundamental need to change in education. And I understood the impacts of bullying on people. But yet again in this article, it makes a lot of sweeping assumptions that I expect at this stage from psychologists. And again, this is one of the reasons why I have not gone back and become a psychologist officially, because I, I just can't toe the party line in the sort of way that we extrapolate out our thinking. So first of all, we've extrapolated out the idea that bullying is good, and then we make a load of sweeping statements on how it impacts your life. When interestingly, one of the reasons in this article that they finally think that we need to prevent bullying is because there's long-term health issues. And I could have told you that as well. And interestingly, one of the pieces of, I don't know, research or thinking that I would always go back to, which is quite left field, is Louise Hayes. And she talks about the impacts of thyroid conditions and the fact that it's the lack of expression and the suppression of your expression from young ages, which is why I spend so much time focusing on expression with people. So most people who come to my door have been bullied and I spend a lot of time in finding ways for them to be able to express themselves, to feel good about themselves, essentially. And what this study found was that people who were bullied were more prone to inflammation. And thyroid conditions and inflammation go hand in hand. It's basically one of the constant self-care routines that I have to balance inflammation in my body to keep myself well. So it was quite interesting to see that Louise Hay's thinking has finally been proven medically over a long study. Well, my mother was bullied in the same way in the staff room as I was in the locker room in school. I always say that this comes from the top down. 
And, you know, one of the great rocket science pieces in this article is, first of all, we need to know what's happening. And I think that's one of the silver linings of the pandemic. We've seen that when we make school environments, when we construct them in a way that there's less chaos in the environments, we can actually see what happens and we can no longer turn a blind eye to it. One of the parts that the article doesn't go into is the fact that I always say that teachers determine how you're treated. And it does talk a little bit about the negative impacts of teachers siding with bullies or not calling out behaviour. But it doesn't actually talk about the fact that they set the tone for how you're treated. That their secureness and their lack of need for power at the top of the room actually determines whether or not bullying takes place. And so most of my teacher training always focused on the teachers feeling comfortable and feeling secure so that they didn't need to feel in control. There's an extraordinary need for control in education environments and most things that act are acted out are in reaction to that. So thanks to the pandemic we now have environments where we actually know what's happening. So if we can make the 360 jump and decide that actually we want to call out this behaviour and that we don't want to turn a blind eye to it, that will be a real game changer. And they talk about everybody needing to have a, a place and a part in that. It doesn't matter whether it's the administration staff, whether it's the school bus driver, whether it's the people working, serving the food in the canteen. Everyone has a role to play in this. And in my secondary school, one of the environments that the most bullying took place was actually in the dining halls, to the extent that there was a number of girls in my year with eating disorders as a result of it, as a result of the power play that was played out in the dining room. But the part of this article that really doesn't sit for me is the idea that you have to have a persecution complex, that you don't make good friends, that you don't make good relationships as a result of this. The great irony that I see in the people that I work with is that the people who are bullied are often the people who make the best friends because they have a standard of behaviour and they've actually had a greater expectation and a greater need of depth in the dynamics of their relationships. And they generally have a higher emotional intelligence developed at younger ages. So they're seeking something deeper in their communication and their connections to others. And as a result of that, it sets them up to be bullied. But they don't stop having that emotional intelligence or stop having a need for deeper, meaningful friendships and meaningful connections. They're not the sort of people who just have acquaintances. And the other part I find with myself, and I see this over and over again in a lot of the people that I work with, I'm incredibly gullible. I don't actually go into situations and expect them to turn out the way they have in the past. I actually only ever see the best in people. And I always joke that this is great for work. I talk to the best in people for work. I expect the best of them in a good way. I expect what I, what I know is possible for people. And that's what I engage with and what I essentially talk to in people. 
I always say a big part of the results I get with people is the fact that I've had a belief in them before they had it in themselves. But you would think with my ability to read people that I wouldn't constantly, you know, fall for situations where I do get bullied or I would automatically see people's ulterior motives or I would look for the games that would be played out or I would think, oh, they're very insecure, they're probably going to bully me. But that isn't what happens in my mind. I come up to every situation expecting the best and often more so than other people do. And as a result, I'm incredibly gullible. And I hate the statement that you're too nice. I don't think it's possible to be too nice. And I don't think that because the world is filled with people who do bully, because of circumstances essentially beyond their control, because they haven't had something fundamental that they need, I don't want to be to become a harsh person or I don't want to make the assumption that because people are bullied, it then makes them incapable of good human engagement. That doesn't move this conversation any more forward in, in thinking than actually saying that bullying is character building. They're just different sides of the same coin. You haven't really progressed. And we've seen an extraordinary level of bullying playing out on the world stage right now. Like it's some sort of twisted reenactments of The Handmaid's Tale almost, in aspects of it. And most of us are just going along with that. Like if you actually sort of took key players' heads and put them on 10-year-old bodies, you would look at this in a slightly different way. You, you would see it for what it is. You would see the extraordinary levels of insecurity and bullying that are taking place and the fact that you are expected to pick sides, as I talked about in the last podcast last week. And the bravest thing I've seen this week was someone who didn't even speak, who walked onto a news channel with an anti-war sign and suffered 14 hours of interrogation as a result. And I've actually got off quite lightly. I was incredibly worried about where their actions would lead them. But in a way, it's, it's one of the bravest, most secure things we've seen in 20 days. So it's extraordinary that we, we finally find a piece of medical research that makes us decide that bullying is not good for humans. But in that, we make a load of sweeping assumptions about the types of human connection that you're capable of as a result. And we still don't think about why you were the person being bullied, what you had to offer.